the two hardest jobs in the United States of America right now are being a police officer and being an advisor or being associated in any way, shape, or form with Joe Biden and Joe Biden's campaign for President of the United States. It's not even funny anymore. The gas that he makes, the comments that he makes, the way that he treats reporters, the way he treats people. I mean, his whole career, we've seen the way that he touches girls and touches women and smells their hair and just odd, strange things that you just don't see people doing. But how many times do we have to hear Joe Biden gaffes until the media, the Democrat Party, and every single American in this country realize Joe Biden is not all there. Joe Biden has trouble doing simple things. Joe Biden seriously struggles with even stringing sentences together. CNN, of all sites, CNN, fake news CNN on November 12th, 2019, there's an article. Here's the phrase Joe Biden just can't stay away from. That one being, come on, man. And we've heard him say it multiple times before because he has nothing else to say. That's the only thing that comes to his head. Joe Biden is such a danger to this country. It's not even funny hearing the gaffes anymore. Joe Biden today. So here's what I'm referring to. He's doing this interview and it's scheduled to air uh, tomorrow at the convention of the National Association of Black Journalists and National Association of Hispanic Journalists. Okay, so you think Joe would probably treat this black reporter with respect. By the way, the reporter is Errol uh, Barnett, Errol Barnett from uh, uh, CBS. Now he says to him, all right, he just he just simply asks him a question. He says, are you, you know, are you going to, um, are you going to take, would you take, have you taken a cognitive test, okay, to make sure that his mindset is there, to make sure that Joe Biden can actually negotiate with world leaders so that Joe Biden can comprehend and understand the information that's being given to him so that Joe Biden, if he's nominated as president of the United States, so that he can keep this country safe, so that he can keep American safe? I mean, Joe Biden is going to have the nuclear codes. I would think a cognitive test is one of the easiest things that you, you should probably be able to pass if you're going to be the most powerful person in the entire world. Now, before I tell you what Biden said and in response to uh, Barnett's question, on June 30th, Joe Biden gets asked the question, have you taken a cognitive test? Joe Biden on June 30th says, I'm constantly tested. All you have to do is watch me. Okay, that was June 30th, Biden said that. Today, Joe Biden says, and I quote, now follow along. These are everything that I'm gonna say are his exact words. No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? He says, 
Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got me on this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think? Huh? Are you a junkie? And then he is talking about Donald Trump not knowing the difference between an elephant and a lion. And it's like, Joe, what are you actually truly talking about, you idiot? And Joe Biden, now, I don't know if anyone caught this or not, but there's been times where Biden kind of fiddles around with his ear. I've noticed it in many of the different interviews that he does right down in his basement because, you know, he refused. Think of it. Joe Biden hasn't even gone to different states. He hasn't even attempted to campaign. We know that he doesn't want to do debates despite what he says. He's being advised by the New York Times not to do, not to debate Donald Trump. He's being advised by Joe Lockhart, former Clinton advisor, to not do debates. Joe Biden, make no mistake about it, does not want to debate Donald Trump. And as I've put forward before, coronavirus has been, it is tailor-made. The guidelines that have been set out, the social distancing, six feet away, wearing masks, not, crowd, not being in crowded public spaces, every single guideline about coronavirus fits Joe Biden's campaign. Every single part of it. But the thing is, once Joe Biden is by himself, oh, and let me um, circle back to the thing about the ear uh, in his ear, fiddling around his ear. I think that this guy is actually wearing an earpiece when he's doing the um, when he's doing these interviews. But I don't think that it's so that he can hear the reporter, or so, or so that you know it's like those those AirPod things that uh, you wear. By the way, Philip Ward doesn't wear AirPods. Uh, in the computer and things like that for your different conference calls and uh, Zoom's a big one. Zoom in, you know, hand in hand with China, so I don't know about that. But anyway, I think that he has someone in his ear. I really, truly do. I think that there is an advisor, or if it's Jill Biden, his wife, if it's you know just anyone associated with the campaign, maybe a speechwriter. Who knows? But I truly believe that there's an earpiece in Joe Biden's ear and someone is telling him, stop, Joe, stop right then and there. Joe, this isn't good. Just pull back because he says, I'm going to say something. Then he says, oh, no, wait, maybe maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm going to get myself in trouble. And it's not the first time he's done something like that. Joe Biden has done that numerous times before where he says, oh, no, I better stop. I better wait. Have you ever once heard Donald Trump? And I get it if you don't like the style of Trump, then maybe you want him to do this sometimes. But have you ever heard Donald Trump not say exactly what is on his mind at that point in time? He is hes one of the, he is probably the most transparent president, most transparent leader we have on this earth right now. I argued this, that I think through Twitter, Donald Trump, that he... Um, it reaches uh, the younger generation in this country. But those tweets that Donald Trump you, you rattles off whenever he does, and we have uh, some Donald Trump tweets coming up, actually. 
Uh, it, it, it's him. You know, it's raw. It's Trump. It's what is on his mind at this exact point in time. There's no holding back when it comes to Donald Trump. Donald Trump has never once stopped in the middle of a sentence that he's making or thought about completing an idea and saying, oh, wait a minute, maybe I shouldn't say that because that might get me in trouble. That's all. That's what Joe Biden does. How can I would say to the Democrat to Democrats right now, are you really well and truly excited to go to the polls and excited to say, hey, I'm going to cast my vote for Joe Biden on November 3rd? Joe Biden is not exciting. Joe Biden is not inspiring. Joe Biden is not motivational. Joe Biden doesn't have the safety of the American people at mind. Joe Biden doesn't even know what's in his own mind. Joe Biden is a complete, old, rambling, confused idiot. Why? You know, they there was there was questions about Ronald Reagan and how Reagan would do uh, as far as far as his his age goes, and there's still questions about Trump. I mean, you ask any Democrat uh, at a point in time and say, "Well, Joe Biden's not really there. Joe Biden can't formulate sentences." And what do Democrats say back to you if you ask that question? They say to you. Yeah, well, and Trump can. They concede to you the fact that Biden's not all there. The best thing Joe Biden has going for him, that this is really the way that Biden wants to run a campaign for president of the United States, is the best he can do is say, well, I'm not Donald Trump. Now, to me, if you're running against saying, I'm not my opponent, you've already lost the race. I really don't see independents wanting to vote for Joe Biden. I can't see anything that Joe Biden can argue on the debate stage against Donald Trump that proves that he can actually bring real change to this country. By the way, do we really need change in this country right now? Before coronavirus, all right, before coronavirus, I've mentioned the accomplishments of Donald Trump and 250 million annually to historically black colleges, universities, Suleimani gone, al-Baghdadi gone, 100% of the ISIS caliphate gone, uh, new trade deals and unemployment being the best it's ever been for blacks, Asians, Latinos, women, youths and disabled Americans, and he's incentivized companies to stay here, build and work in the United States, and the best economy that has ever been seen in modern times in the United States of America. These are all accomplishments by Donald J. Trump. And Donald Trump has had so many different obstacles in his way. Sally Yates was testifying today, which by the way, we're gonna get to in a second. Wait till you hear what she said. But we know all about Crossfire Hurricane. We know about the FBI. And by the way, Biden was involved in this too. We know about the FBI spying on Trump's campaign and using Hillary Clinton's paid for Christopher Steele Russian dossier to make to, to form the basis to spy on Trump's campaign. I've always said that it's no uh, it's nothing short of a miracle that Donald Trump won in 2016 that we don't have a president Hillary Clinton because if Hillary Clinton won the election in 2016 we wouldn't have known about Crossfire Hurricane. We wouldn't have known about how downright corrupt dirty, sleazy, nasty, our own leadership at the FBI really well and truly was. 
it's really disgusting to even think about it. But if Joe Biden becomes president of the United States, you think these things won't start back up? You know, you have Donald Trump that fired James Comey. We know that Comey's corrupt. We know that Comey was was all in for Barack Obama. Listen to Barack Obama. He put Obama's opinion and what Obama wanted, he put that above justice, law and order in this country. He didn't care about that whatsoever. And then he says that he's a super patriot and he writes a book, Higher Loyalty. Well, that higher loyalty wasn't to this country. Jim Comey, that higher loyalty was to Barack Hussein Obama, President Hope and Change, and Vice President Joe Biden. This There's this history of just corrupt, dirty dealings with Joe Biden. You know, I'll go through the Hunter Biden timeline. Well, in December 4th, 2013, you have Hunter and Joe Biden meeting with the President of China. Ten days later, Hunter's company makes a $1.5 billion deal with a subsidiary of the Chinese government's Bank of China. Then in April 2014, Hunter Biden is appointed to the board of Burisma Holdings with no experience, nothing on his resume whatsoever, doesn't even speak the Ukrainian language. He's appointed to a board there with of Burisma Holdings, getting paid thousands and thousands of dollars a month. The figure goes as high as $83,000 a month. Then you got the New York Times, the same New York Times that's advising Joe Biden not to debate Donald Trump. What do they do? They tell Biden that, hey, Joe, and at that point, Mr. Vice President, we, you got this Ukrainian prosecutor, Victor Shokin, who's investigating your son. Joe, the next month, December of 2015, says to Ukraine that you better you better fire that prosecutor investigating Bruce Moldings. He puts pressure on them. Then March 2016, what does Biden say? And it's not, I'm, I'm so tired of hearing the media do this. And I remember Anderson Cooper saying, well, it's already debunked and it's a conspiracy theory. I ask you, March 2016, you literally can look it up. Joe Biden, there's a video of Joe Biden, the vice president saying, you have six hours to fire that prosecutor or else you are not getting one billion of the American taxpayers dollars one billion uh, excuse me and he says son of a B they fired him that's all Joe Biden that's all Joe Biden's corrupt legacy that he leaves behind how about as far as gaffes go with Joe Biden because you can just you can just put this forward uh, with with the gaffes that Joe Biden makes over and over again poor kids are just as bright just as talented as white kids we choose truth over facts uh, go to you know, he's on the middle of the stage and he goes uh, if you want if you support if you like what I'm saying then go to Joe 30330 well what what is what is Joe 30330 he says you're a lying dog-faced pony soldier and I was a Democratic caucus. What? Huh? He says, you know, I prostituted myself to big donors. And he says, they're going to put y'all back in chains. And the, the, the first articulate and mainstream African-American. And you know what? And he's bright and he's clean and he's a nice guy. Oh, that's that storybook. Well, now Joe Biden today. 
you know, he even after he's like i i'm gonna have the i want the american people to decide if i'm physically there or if i'm mentally there and he couldn't even get through that sentence but i mean what a fool i mean come on man that's like saying you before you got me on this program before you got on this program you take a test where you're taking cocaine huh you're taking cocaine or not you know, what do you what do you think uh-huh are, 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 are you a junkie it, it, joe what are you talking about and by the way democrats all right i want to talk to the democrats here are you happy with your nominee is this really the best candidate you could possibly find is joe biden who has failed presidential elections camp presidential uh campaigns before joe biden all throughout his life before barack obama hope and change came around he was a failure he continues to be a failure joe biden was carried into vice president joe biden was there because he's he's uncle joe and everyone loves him and i think barack obama just decided to choose biden because he was a white guy yeah there you go how's that and by the way biden that's the way he talks to a black reporter oh my goodness gracious errol barnett is a black cbs news reporter biden disrespects him like that he says you're trying you i know you're trying to goad me and well i shouldn't say anything that that i don't mean it, it it just if you were to have donald trump and i hate making this comparison because but you have to because this is how corrupt and downright terrible and disgraceful and pathological prolific liars we have in the mainstream media they just let this go they don't care about it no that that's fine that's just joe joe biden is is a, a threat to this country joe biden if he were to become president how can anyone trust him to negotiate with world leaders how can anyone trust him to keep the american people safe how can anyone trust joe to preserve everything we hold near and dear in this country joe biden is a 51 year corrupt career politician there aren't many things that are different between joe biden and Hillary Clinton and we know what the outcome was in 2016 and I just pray to God that the outcome in 2020 reflects the exact same decision we you me we all of us the American people made in 2016 now let me continue here because I want to get into uh, Sally Yates all right this was the big so Sally Yates was testifying uh, today in front of the Senate Judiciary Community uh, Committee which is chaired by uh gramnesty senator lindsey graham and I, I support this president lindsey graham uh from south carolina former deputy attorney general and this was in the washington times told a senate panel wednesday that ex-fbi director higher loyalty super patriot obama's lapdog james comey went listen to this listen to the word that the former deputy attorney general and at the time when there was the meeting january 5th 2017 she was the acting attorney general sally yates says that james comey fbi director james comey 
went rogue. Whoa, wait a minute now, Jeff. Jim Comey couldn't have gone rogue. Jim Comey has a higher loyalty to this country. Oh my goodness gracious. By the way, it was uh, testifying, uh, Ms. Yates was asked if the FBI director had gone. I think that was by Lindsey Graham herself. She says, you can use that term. Yes. Justice Department documents released earlier this year revealed Mr. Comey kept Ms. Yates, who was his superior, in the dark about the Bureau's probe into Flynn in January of 2017. That was such a big month for this country. And I'm going to get, in, get, get into it in a second. Miss Yates told ex-special counsel Robert Mueller's team that she first learned the Bureau was probing Flynn's conversations with the ex-Russian ambassador to the U.S. from former President Obama, not Mr. Comey. Miss Yates told Mueller's team that she had no idea what Mr. Obama was talking about. She also told Comey to notify the Trump administration about concerns that Flynn could be blackmailed. And on January 24th, Miss Yates and her team called Comey to tell him that they had agreed to notify the Trump White House about the Flynn conversations. It was too late for Jim Comey. The FBI director told her that agents were already on their way to interview Flynn at the White House. January 2017 was such a big month in this country. January 5th, 2017, and we've chronicled this before, but it's always good to remind you and get you back up to date with Crossfire Hurricane, what really went on as far as the FBI goes, the Obama administration goes, and how they literally tried to set Donald J. Trump up. Now remember, January 5th, 2017 is when this meeting occurs with Biden. And, and by the way, Biden's in that meeting. Biden is the, can't you just see the old dummy sitting there and saying, oh, we can get them under the Logan Act. Okay, well, Joe, since the Logan Act was invented, I think it was in like 1799 or something like that. Anyway, it's been a long time. Zero, okay, not a single person has ever been prosecuted under the Logan Act. Can't you just see everyone in that room going, oh my goodness gracious, Joe, here we go with Joe again. But the meeting takes place on January 5th, 2017. Obama, Biden, acting attorney general at the time, Sally H., she's the one testifying today, FBI Director James Comey, the uh, uh, National uh, Security uh, Agency, NSA Director Michael Rogers doesn't really play a big part, CIA Director John Brennan, National Intelligence Director James Clapper. They're all in on that meeting. And that was when they were talking about Flynn, and Sally Yates says, that's the first I've ever heard about it, that it was Obama, and she was shocked about what they wanted to do to Flynn. Now remember, Obama hates Flynn because in 2014, Barack Obama fired General Flynn because General Flynn was tough, disagreed with Obama as far as um, the policy of radical Islamic terrorism. By the way, who in God's who on God's green earth wouldn't disagree with Barack Obama giving Iran, okay, Iran? 
the country that chants death to America burns our flag burns the United States flag in their parliament right and uh, uh, th th that we would give them 1.5 billion dollars in cash why it, it just it, it boggles the mind it really well and truly does now so that's when the meeting comes around basically that meeting is to say that we're going to set up Flynn simple as that the next day you have the report come out about Russia's interference and Obama was saying to people that he wants a report to get out there about Flynn about Trump about Russia so that they can push this whole conspiracy the same day is when Comey and Clapper go to Trump Tower and the plan is to tell Donald Trump at that point President-elect Trump he was literally going to be inaugurated two weeks after that 14 days uh, on the 20th the plan was to go to Trump Tower tell Trump about the dossier Comey says here uh, James uh, Clapper you leave I'm gonna I just want to I got to talk to the president-elect here then he tells him about the dossier and the uh, the whole golden shower story what the golden shower story um, and it was uh, 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 who was talking about it? rush actually was describing it today um, that the golden shower story is literally that this hotel the Ritz Carlton in uh, Moscow that Trump was staying there and Obama was there before and that Trump wanted prostitutes and hookers to literally urinate on the same bed that Obama was in. Donald Trump Donald Trump who was a complete and utter germaphobe Donald Trump is that the guy that's gonna pay hooker you know Donald Trump what is Donald Trump ever paid for hookers and prostitutes that's that's very much a Democrat kind of thing to do uh, ie take a look at uh, Andrew Gillum who was the former uh, Florida gubernatorial um, candidate look at him car accident maybe a drug just a total mess but anyway I mean and talking about car crash Ted Kennedy but that's oh we're gonna send old Kennedy back to the side but anyway, I'm digressing so Comey tells Trump about it it's all a lie he says it's salacious says it's unverified those are Jim Comey's Jim Comey's words uh, himself then he tells Clapper all right I told him all about it then it gets leaked to the news media January 20th 2017 that's when Donald Trump is inaugurated that's when the former National uh, Security Advisor Susan Rice 15 minutes after Donald Trump is inaugurated emails herself the president of the United States POTUS wants this done by the book four days later that's when Sally Yates was saying listen we're, we're going to tell the Trump administration about the concerns that Flynn could be black blackmailed by the Russians Comey says it's too late because who did he send over Joe Pientka who wanted to who says we're gonna do a, a, a defensive uh, de uh, defense briefing to the Trump administration really just wanted to further his Russian uh, collusion narrative which we all know was BS and Peter struck the same Peter struck the FBI agent who says Trump won't win will stop him to Lisa Page the FBI lawyer 
he says it, 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 we got an insurance policy and I can smell the Trump supporters in Walmart and Trump should lose a hundred and million to one that same Peter struck he goes they interview Flynn Flynn says listen they say no 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 you don't need a lawyer that's just gonna take more time and then uh, uh, uh they, they he, Flynn basically says look you have the tape you have everything you need why are you here to interview me and it was all a setup they even said they don't think he's lying and then that after that that was the ending basically of general flynn and it was all you know it's all just it's so disgusting what happened at the fbi here because this all stems from the whole crossfire hurricane you know this all it, it's all about getting trump and it's all about now remember um uh you had you had the whole Mueller thing okay you got Mueller and his team and you had 12 out of 17 of them being democrats one of them being andrew weissman who gave thousands to obama and the dnc and was at hillary clinton's uh victory party and you know then you had but you had bruce orr and or whose wife nelly Orr works at fusion gps as a as a russian specialist well bruce Orr, who worked at the department of justice i believe he was the fourth highest at the doj you know fusion as far as uh just look how it works he's married to nelly Orr. nelly Orr works for fusion gps who's fusion gps they're the opposition research group that pays christopher Steele to write the dossier now how was that subsidized oh through perkins cooey who's the law firm of the dnc and hillary clinton mark eliash michael sussman as far as uh perkins cooey goes so literally it all came from hillary clinton and the fbi ran with it the fbi used it to get a fisa warrant to spy on carter page to spy on the trump campaign they spied on papadopoulos george papadopoulos another advisor of the trump campaign they advi uh who was uh crossfire typhoon in the whole crossfire hurricane investigation and then of course they spied on general flynn and general flynn crossfire razor remember they were saying don't close razor yet so now sally yates and and you i imagine we'll probably see more of this with you know the people the actors in this whole situation sort of turning on one another and trying to save themselves at this point um and uh, it was jonathan turley i want to say who's a uh it was a law um law professor and was saying uh his tweet is sally h just testified that she would not have signed off on the surveillance of carter page if she knew what she knows now and i think that's why she's she's almost in a way trying to blame jim comey for this uh and by the way uh as turley points out that's the same exact thing that rod rosenstein rod rosenstein by the way was the um deputy attorney general to jeff sessions that he wouldn't have signed it either if he knows now what uh what he knew them yates also confirmed that the logan act was raised in the meeting with president obama on flynn Yet she stated that the concern was that the Trump National Security Advisor had undermined the Obama administration by encouraging them not to retaliate. Yates said that, and by the way, these tweets aren't in order. Yates said that you could say that Comey, quote, went rogue 
In ordering the Flynn interview, Yates struggling with the Logan Act issue since Flynn was speaking as the National Security Advisor who was coming into office in less than two weeks, Comey reportedly said the Flynn meeting was, uh, quote, legit. And by the way, the president weighed in on this himself. Big news. The political crime of the century is unfolding. Obama-Biden illegally spied on the Trump campaign both before and after the election. Treason, he writes. Um, as well as that, the president also uh, fired off a tweet. Sally Yates has zero credibility. She was part of the greatest political crime of the century. And Obama-Biden knew everything. Sally Yates leaked the General Flynn conversation? Ask her under oath. Republicans should start playing the Democrats' game. By the way, I completely agree with the president there. And just this whole thing, you're going to see more people testifying, more testimony about all this. Remember, you had Clapper and you had, uh, um, I think it was uh, Loretta Lynch, you know, saying that, you know, we, we don't, there's no evidence of collusion here whatsoever. There's nothing. I believe even Yates herself was saying to Congress, you know, there, there's, there's nothing here. Yet then they'd be on the on MSNBC and CNN and saying, well, that, you know, this is a legitimate investigation, and we think that there's Trump-Russia collusion. For me, I think, I think it affected the midterms. I really well and truly do. I think it was all BS from the beginning. I think it still is now, and it is the greatest political scandal that we've ever seen maybe in this country. I completely agree with the president on that, that we had an FBI literally choosing political sides. Because why? Because the president of the United States at the time, Barack Obama, says so, says to do so, says to preserve my legacy because I'm such an arrogant piece of trash. Jim Comey, you know, his, as far as Yates says, he went rogue. As far as I'm concerned, that higher loyalty, the book he wrote, was not to the United States, was not to the FBI, was not to justice in this country. It was to Barack Obama. Now, Barack Obama's buddy, his pal, his amigo, his friend, Oprah Winfrey. All right, listen to this headline. And this is uh, this was in the blaze. Uh, it came yesterday, actually. Billionaire media maven, Oprah encourages white people whoa to admit that they are racist uh, in bizarre video now listen to this during the episode titled uncomfortable conversations with a black man part one huh winfrey said there are white people who are not as powerful as the system of white people the caste system that's been put in place, but they still, no matter where they are on the rung or the ladder of success, they still have their whiteness. What? Sounds very racist to me. She says, whites have a leg up. You still have your whiteness. That's what the term white privilege is. It means that whiteness still gives you an advantage no matter what. It is the fundamental issue. So think about what Oprah Winfrey is saying. Billionaire, millionaire Oprah Winfrey 
who is a black woman the last time I checked, who has a ton of money, who had an incredible TV show, whose opinion still obviously matters today. How did she get so rich then? How did that happen? Did she have a leg up because of her blackness? Why does she? This is what I don't understand. And by the way, same thing goes for the NBA and the NFL stars out there who are making millions and millions of dollars every single year and want to le lecture people everyday average American citizens about politics and about Black Lives Matter, Marxist organization, Black Lives Matter, and that kneeling for the anthem is patriotic. Those are the people that, like Oprah, Oprah's in the same as that kid, this elitist, millions and millions of dollars ruling class that they think they are. And Americans, they're not stupid. You know, they see through this garbage, this nonsense that, that is, is put on them. They don't want to watch that. Look at the ratings for the NBA. Look, totally down. MLB, totally down. People don't want to watch that garbage. Who would want to listen to Oprah saying this? But listen, it gets crazy. Because one man that Oprah has in this uh, discussion here, it says Oprah uh, spoke with her white guests who discussed their own personal come-to-Jesus moments in admitting that they too, because they're white, by the way, just because they're white, might just be racist. One man, Seth, told Winfrey that he must be racist because he's never been actively anti-racist. You've become woke during this period, and I realized in that and realized in that awakening that you are racist, right? Oprah says. I just want to know how that happened. Now this guy Seth says that I was born in the 70s. I was born and raised in Manhattan. I've always considered myself to be, this doesn't shock anybody, a liberal. Now I'm not only a friend of people of color, but also an advocate. But this moment, movement, over the last month has been powerful. I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't be not racist. I realized that I was either, I was either a racist or an anti-racist, and I wasn't. I'm not an anti-racist. What? What? Seth, hey, wake up, stupid. What are you talking? You're racist because you're white. Get a grip, you liberal dummy. One woman, Lisa, told Winfrey that she, a Californian, go figure, said that even uh, she has a, quote, unconscious bias that white people have. It's just, folks, it's just extremely, extremely weird where that you can't be proud of your skin color. No, 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 no. You know, not if you're white. No, you can't be proud of that whatsoever. That's white supremacy. How dare you? How dare you be born in this country white? How dare you have a, a, no power over the way that you're born? How dare you? Anyway, you know, you're white, so you must be racist. Says Oprah Winfrey, a black woman who has millions and millions of dollars thanks to the United States of America. That's how these people are, these hypocritical celebrity sports just total pieces of garbage who are so out of touch with this country and what makes this country great it's incredible now listen to this because this doesn't fit the narrative in the media 
whatsoever. You're talking about white Americans. Let me get into this now. Black Americans. This came out today. This was a Gallup poll. Black Americans. Oh, yeah. Okay. They hate the police, right? Black Americans want police to retain local presence. What? What? How can that be true? The cops hate the blacks and the blacks hate the cops. That's all we've heard for the past three, two, three months here. When asked whether they want police to spend more time, the same amount of time, or less time than they currently do in their area, most blacks, 61%, want the police presence to remain the same. This is similar to the 67% of all U.S. adults preferring the status quo, including 71% of white Americans. Meanwhile, nearly equal proportions of black Americans said they would like the police to spend more time in their area. 20% as uh, say they'd like them to spend less time there. 19%. Well, this doesn't fit the narrative in the media right now. This doesn't bring, this doesn't divide people. This, if anything, brings white Americans and black Americans together because there is still a respect for law enforcement and for police officers and for police officers that put their lives on the line every single day to make sure that their communities, their areas, that they take an oath to serve and protect are safe. Black, think about that though. And you can read the poll for yourself. It's on Gallup. Black Americans want police to retain local presence. Ari Fleischer throws a good thing at it because again, as we talk about black Americans, between uh, Ari Fleischer, by the way, the former White House press secretary, he tweets, between you ain't black and are you a junkie? Biden has an interesting way of dealing with black reporters who ask him questions he doesn't like. And I want to stay on the topic, actually, of um, police officers because listen to how stupid this is from Portland. Kindergarten cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to do the accent, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Kindergarten cop pulled from Portland theater after complaints it, quote, romanticizes over policing. A Portland theater has canceled an upcoming screening of the Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy, Kindergarten Cop, after people complained the movie sympathized with law enforcement. Think, okay, this is important. After people complained, all right? I'm going to tell you right now where the complaint came. The Northwest Film Center had planned to show the 1990 film uh, for its importance in Oregon uh, filmmaking history, but it was called off after Portland author Lois Levine fired off a series of angry tweets. The key word there is tweets, saying the depiction of police in school uh, uh, per perpetuate, perpetrate, uh, per perpetuates, excuse me, my goodness, when can I get the words out, right? I sound like Joe Biden. Uh, of course, systemic racism. Now, Lois Levin, her Twitter profile picture itself is this, is this sign. It's a handwritten sign educate yourself about the history of racism now here's a study that i this was in april 24th 2019 and it was a pew research center i'm not sure if we talked about it or not u.s adults actually i think we did um but i want to refresh your mind you ready 
they did this u.s adults u.s adult twitter users are younger and more likely to be democrats than the general public most users rarely tweet but the most prolific 10 percent create 80 percent of tweets from adult u.s users the analysis indicates that 22 percent of american adults who use twitter are representative of the broader population in certain ways but not others twitter users are younger more likely to identify as democrats more highly educated and have higher in higher incomes than the than u.s adults overall so think about that and let me rephrase this stat the 10 percent of users who are most active in terms of tweeting are responsible for 80 percent 80 percent of all tweets created by us users so think when the tweets come and the twitter box is involved in a story think about who's really using twitter is it the younger generation yeah democrats yeah does the younger generation vote do millennials get out there and vote mm, no does the older generation get out there and vote you better believe it at some point in time we need to understand that the twitter box and i call it a box for a reason because that's all it is it's a box where people go to feel good and people go to hate the president they read the president's tweet what look at some funny tweets and videos and pictures and all they see is constant non-stop hatred for donald trump and we know that the CEO, Jack Dorsey, is all in for Joe Biden being president of the United States. If he wasn't, he would stop censoring Donald Trump tweets. He would stop censoring hydroxychloroquine, which the left can't stand because Trump touted it and it shows like that it's working and it's safe. He would stop censoring conservatives, period. But he chooses not to. I saw this, by the way, Joe Rogan, who's massive on podcasts, and uh, I don't particularly get to listen to uh, Rogan uh, enough. I wish I'd, I had more time, too. I'd love to. Um, I, think, uh, I think he's a straight shooter for the most part. Listen to what he says. I believe that there is a large group of people that are very uncomfortable with a man who seems to be mentally compromised, winning the election, and doing so by hiding well how can i've said this before how can a man in hiding in his basement that doesn't go campaign to any states around the country and by the way how can you continue to cite coronavirus as your excuse all right if you are vying to be president of the united states you are going to be safe and secure you should be whether it's biden whether it's trump you can wear your mask all you want have your social distancing but joe biden doesn't want to go talk to the american people how about this biden cans plans washington examiner to accept 2020 democratic presidential nomination in milwaukee biden the two-term vice president 36 year 36 years u.s senator was expected to be crowned his party's 2020 standard bearer in milwaukee along with his yet to be revealed running mate but the Democratic National Convention Committee and his campaign altered their arrangements as Wisconsin and other Midwestern states experience a rise in, go figure, COVID-19 gives Joe Biden another excuse 
to not come out of the basement, to not give a speech, to not take questions, to not talk to you, the American people, to not show any effort, any passion, any desire whatsoever to be president of this country. And just I uh, wanted to mention the president's tweet um, uh, uh, today about every time you see a big negative, uh, negative big pharma commercial against me, remember, it means your drug prices are coming way down. And that, my friends, is yet another accomplishment by Donald J. Trump, lowering prescription drug prices for Americans who need the drugs, who need whatever it is that they have to take to live and to continue to be American citizens. I'll tell you, started by saying that the hardest two jobs in this country right now, cops and Biden's campaign advisors. Well, remember it was Biden that said it wasn't Donald J. Trump that was out there saying anything nasty like this. Absolutely, yes. I want to reallocate funding to police for police and police have become the enemy. That was Joe Biden who said that. That was the same Joe Biden that on top of all that says today, what a what a no I haven't taken a test. Why the why the hell would I? And uh, what 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 am I? What what are you that's like saying before you got a program on the you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not? You what 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 do you think, huh? Are you a are you a junkie? Just think about that. Joe Biden asking a black CBS news reporter if he's a junkie. Then he says this president if he doesn't know the difference between an elephant and a lion, then he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Joe, it's not Donald Trump that doesn't know what he's talking about. Donald Trump knows exactly what he's doing, exactly what he's saying, exactly what he's participating in at every single second of every single day. Joe Biden, as, a pres as the president of this United States, poses a big threat, a massive danger, not only to the United States of America, but to the entire world as a whole. We, the American people, have the chance to stop that come November 3rd, 2020.